0: Before we start the show this week, I want to thank our sponsors at SeatGeek. Anthony and I love this app. Behind MLB at Bat, it's probably the most used app on my phone. I, I go to 50-plus games every summer, and almost every ticket I buy is through the SeatGeek app. I've been using it long before they started sponsoring us. Uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's basically a ticket aggregator for the secondary market. It ranks via a color-coded system which seats have the best value across multiple ticket brokers. You can get views from the seats and you can compare prices. So, like if someone is selling their ticket for hundred bucks in row five, you can see if someone from a different site is selling their seat for, I don't know, 90 bucks in row four. Even if I'm not going to a game, honestly, I'll sometimes just pop open the app and check it out just so I can see what ticket prices are going for across the country. Just trust me on this one. Download the app, go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Use the code Clubhouse and receive a $20 rebate on your first ticket purchase. Our show is always going to be free for you guys. We really would just appreciate it if you could support our sponsors a little bit. And it's just going to make your lives easier. On to the show. This week in the Clubhouse, Anthony and I are back together again. If Then has wrapped up a successful run and we are back to our regularly scheduled programming. We hope you enjoyed our breakdown of all 30 stadiums and would love to hear your thoughts about your own ballpark travels. Shoot us an email at clubhousepodcast at or tweet us at clubhousepod.com using the hashtag clubhouse stories. We'll share the best of them on the air. On this week's episode, Anthony discusses his experience singing the national anthem at Fenway Park. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. My name is Manish Jain, and sitting next to me for the first time in what feels like eons is the redheaded musical theater savant wearing a bicycle shirt with no Cubs gear on whatsoever. It's actually kind of, it's very jarring for me to see Mr. Anthony Rapp.
1: Well, hello there.
0: (laughs) We are currently sitting in a hotel room. In Boston, overlooking the uh, Boston city skyline. And something very special happened in this city a mere 24 hours ago. A little more than 24 hours. I knew he was going to correct me on that. He was chomping to the bit. <laughs> He's chomping to the bit to correct me on that. But, uh, you give me so many chances. <laughs> but something very, very cool happened. And we're going to get to that in, in, in quite a sec and in quite in, in a minute here. It's been a long time since we've recorded together. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to be a little mumble mouth, but I want to just, uh, give folks a bit of an update on on what we've been doing. So, we are about to hit. The All-Star break. I know I normally don't like to uh, timestamp these episodes just because we'd like these things to exist beyond the ether, but we're about to hit the All-Star break in a couple of days here. And I thought maybe uh, Mr. Rapp and I could just very, very briefly give our thoughts on how we feel this baseball season, independent of our own specific teams and including our own
1: teams, what we have thought about this season so far. Mr. Rapp? Um, It seems to me like most of the preseason favorites are more or less doing pretty well i might be a little mistaken um uh, i mean certainly the nationals were expected to do well in the east the mets were expected to continue to do well in the east of the national league that is i'm a League person by heart so that's what i'm going to talk about first um in the west people thought the giants and dodgers would be there um i think every that's pretty safe to say and then in the central people thought it would be you know the cubs pirates and cardinals um and the cubs certainly started running away with the season early on they've been scuffling a lot lately um but thankfully they have a cushion enough so it's not dire yet, but if they keep playing at the level that they've been playing the last couple weeks, woo! woo I hear so much, so many stories about, <laughs> or read stories about the 69 Cubs that had that, un, what seemed like an insurmountable lead in September, and then the, the, the Miracle Mets came storming along and overtook them and then wound up winning the World Series. So, of course, anything can happen in baseball. Um, so, but... Uh, and in the American League, um, I'm not sure that anybody really had the Rangers dominating the way that they've been dominating. Yeah, it's been very interesting to see. I think
0: last year, in 2015, uh, when the Rangers made the deal for Cole Hamels, when they really didn't look like they were going anywhere during the regular season. I myself, and along with many, many, quote unquote, experts, were puzzled by that decision. And so what, do you, what are you guys doing? You're mortgaging half your your farm system for this guy and you're not even going to be in contention this year obviously they proved everybody wrong by making a great final push towards the end of the season and and making the playoffs and and that was fantastic but but this year you know they've been hit a little bit with the injury bug not nearly as badly as they have in the past but i'm on a team where you darvish really has been a non-factor the fact that they've won as many games they have is is really quite phenomenal um and you know I I have a weird soft spot in my heart for those Rangers just because I, I love me some Adrian Beltre. It's it's, just, Oh, he is just, he is so fun to watch immensely watchable. I mean, he could be on any team and I would just root for him no matter what. And, and, that team seems to be put together by a lot of, of, of a, with a lot of just fun guys and guys that that clearly love the game and, and it's been a shame for me to see how Princey has kind of uh, fallen off a, a little bit and I'm curious if it's if it's the heat if it's if it's age if it's regression if it I don't know what exactly is happening there but uh, um, the hormone derby curse <laughs> no yeah I'm you know kid. what no, no. But
1: Todd Frazier is doing great this year
0: exactly so, I mean so. people that's 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 the rub every single year but uh, is this is this uh, wonderful narrative of the home run derby curse but I don't know I mean he that team it's going to be curious to see if they're going to be able to sustain what they're doing for 162 and that's what you know you and I were talking about in the first half of the season with the Cubs with that white hot start you know I I know you hate it when I do it because it is exciting to be in it but but anytime a team like that gets off to a a and historic start i mean they were rivaling the 84 tigers but they were uh,
1: rivaling the i mean the, the best start for the cubs since 1908 which happens to be the last time they won the world series
0: yeah um so, but i mean as as and the, as i i would off time uh, often remind you you know the the a's from a couple years back everyone anointed them world series champions in, in july and at the, i think if i remember correctly that season um the, the the narrative in the press was that up until august the a's basically had the uh, world series locked down and in August it became the angels that the angels were just going to guarantee to win the world series. And then believe it or not, the tigers for a minute where it was a guarantee they were going to win the world series. And all three of those teams ultimately ended up being swept out of the playoffs without winning a single playoff game. So it's, it's uh, obviously for for this podcast and and for this country and for this planet having the cubs be in the world series would be a wonderful
1: wonderful fantastic experience but uh yeah i can't tell i really can't tell you how many people now unlike last year when people were like cubs fan huh? yeah i get so many people this year saying wow we really want to see them there like well, so many people from all because all, you know i've been touring the country i wear my cubs gear we're gonna get to that in a second yeah you know, and, um and and i do get people being really like positive and excited and happy to see that the cubs are doing well and that the possibility they might go far you know people people like that idea i that makes me happy sure it's
0: great well, yeah i mean it is it's i'll tell you every ballpark that i go to uh, and this season, I've been to—I mean, I think maybe I've been to about eight or nine so far this season. I've got about—I'm going on an 11 stadium trip pretty soon here. Um, every ballpark that I go to, everybody wants to talk to me about the Cubs. It doesn't matter what stadium I'm in; at least one person will ask me, are "These Cubs, huh? Do you think they're for real this year?" I mean, what do you? Th-? As soon as they find out who you know that I do a little bit of this for for a living, they they immediately want to just ask me a million questions about the Cubs. And it's really, as Anthony referred to, you know, if if you go back for for loyal listeners of the Clubhouse podcast, you know, uh, last season when Anthony and I were traveling the country going to ballparks, it did happen. I believe, I can't remember what ballpark it was in, but uh, I think it was an AL ballpark, maybe Kansas City, where the gentleman was like, oh, the Cubs, they'll never win. You know, the lovable loser Cubs during their their wonderful season last season. Uh, And, you know, I was just... (laughs) opining to Mr. Rapp a couple days ago that so uh, I'm, I'm about to go on, on a big uh, stadium road trip with uh, former guest of the show and friend of the show, Ty Simpkins, and <laughs> Wrigley's on that list. And who dog it? The, the the ticket prices at Wrigley at this point are are shockingly, it is to sit in the corner of the ballpark in the in left field, in the left field uh, upper deck, <laughs> tickets were going for $190 a piece. Yeah. I mean, and the seats that Anthony and I normally like to sit in kind of uh, between the base pads, uh, you know, on field level, those are going for $350, 400 a piece. I yeah. mean, it's it's Hamilton up in this like it is. It's ridiculous how badly people want to go see a game in the friendly confines. But well, they've um, been seeing
1: losing games lately. so That's yeah, <sighs> all right. It's all right. They'll turn it around. By the time I this episode comes out.
0: Yeah. By the time this episode comes out, I'm sure they'll have a 15 game lead in the NL Central again. But uh, just to quickly just go through the rest, I mean, Cleveland is shocking. Is, is, uh, yeah, did anyone shocking. say them? Yeah. Pe- well, of course not, because they had no offense. They had zero offense. And they in the offseason, they didn't address that need at all. And with Brantley going down, it's like, well, yeah, yeah they're definitely not going to be able to do anything. But that pitching has been fantastic. You know, Kansas City has done what the, – the Kansas City team that I've been seeing this year is the Kansas City team that I've seen exist for many, many years – I don't understand how this exact team was able to win a World Series and, and and win two pennons, but this is more like what they normally play like. Not a bad team, but not the white-hot team that they were for two years. So I think at this point, it's just... Uh and I know my Sabermetrics friends hate when I say stuff like this, but it is a bit of a World Series hangover. A little bit of uh, the intensity may not be there for, for a nine-inning game 162 times a year. It's it's hard to keep that energy up uh, sure. every single day, especially after you've conquered the beast. Uh, I mean, Baltimore and Boston, I think people thought were going to be around. Baltimore is doing what they do and just annihilating the ball, but also giving up a million runs. Yes. So. Those games are certainly fun to watch. Uh, you know, I just spent uh, a couple of weeks out in Los Angeles and I saw all three games of the Orioles Dodgers series. And good Lord, like, it's neither team is ever out of it in an Orioles game. Like, it is, you cannot leave an Orioles game early because it, it could, it can be one to one for the first eight innings, but then it'll end 10 to four or 10 to nine or whatever. Like, yeah. it's, it's ludicrous. And, and in Boston, you know, David Price not having that fantastic of a year, but, um, but he's still winning a lot of
1: games. Still, they're scoring yeah. a lot of runs for him. <laughs> Once
0: again, they're doing the same thing where where or Boston just scoring a lot of runs. Their young kids are really uh, uh, coming up. It's so yeah. It's been you know it's been a fun season. It's been an interesting season. I think uh, the rest of the season is going to be. Uh, incredibly
1: exciting i can't wait for the there's a, if i'm correct me if i'm wrong but there's a lot of teams i mean it's still fairly early but there's still a lot of teams that are in the wild card mix right within, well i mean that's in like three or four games well that's it, right? that's the beauty of the second
0: wild card like it is the second wild card makes it so much more open for so many more teams and you just kind of have to hover around 500 to be able to at least be in it so yeah there's look the trading deadline every year gets more and more interesting to me just because with so many teams like for instance with the yankees you know, the Yankees, uh, once again, and I'm sorry to do this, but as we're recording this, you know, the Yankees are uh, under 500. You know, they're they're with really no future in sight of it that they're going to be be turning it around. Um, they're, they're old, they're broken down, and they've got this three-headed monster at the bullpen. So, I mean, what do you do with that? Do you, do you go ahead and unload it at the trade deadline? Or do you say, well, hey, we're only a couple of games out of the second wild card, and if we get into, you know, the wild card with those three guys, anything can happen. You know, yet you have Chapman on a one year deal. You've got, you know, it's it's you got Beltron whose uh, contract goes up. You could get a good haul for those guys. I mean Beltron is is yeah, he's
1: been fantastic. Not only
0: that, but you get Beltron on a on a contender and that yeah. man comes alive in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you get a Beltron for. So we'll see. Um
1: it's be interesting. Is one of those people that I've told you I've talked about this before. They their like career numbers are good. Yep. Their Wrigley Field numbers are like astronomical. <laughs> He's like one of those people. Chase Utley, yeah. Beltran. You it's know, Billy Bull, Butler. Good. These really great ballplayers. Sure, of sure, course, sure. But then you just they're just so inflated when they come to Wrigley. It's
0: Billy Butler versus Justin Verlander. It's every once in a while someone either be in a ballpark or or, or in a. I think it's uh, Victor Martinez versus Chris Sale. I think Vmar is something like batting five hundred. Against uh, Chris Sale with a good forty like at bats with like a decently large sample size, yeah, where it's yeah. just it's Corey Kluber. I mean, they did uh, on ESPN or MLB Network or one of these a couple years back. They did this, you know, their little features they do where they do little talking head pieces with all the the ball players, and it was this one was about Miguel Cabrera, and just you have all these ball players. Oh, he's great, he's wonderful, he's a scary hitter, he's blah 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 blah. And it ends on Kluber, and he just kind of looks at the camera exasperated and just goes. Ugh he hits everything I throw. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, that was it. It It's just like, I don't, I, yeah, yeah, I'm a phenomenal pitcher, yet I cannot get this dummy out. Like, what do I do to get this man out? Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of our quick little completely dated wraparound of, of of the, uh, of what's happening. But, what I wanted to talk about, you brought it up. For the last, uh, what are we at now? Eight months? How long have you been on the road?
1: Oh, no, since
0: October. So,
1: Yeah, well, yeah, nine, nine months. Okay, so
0: about nine months, you know, you have been traveling the country like a carny, like like my people, traveling the country, going from town to town and then setting up shop and entertaining the masses for a week at a time, sometimes two weeks at a time. What is it like for you to, how do you follow the game when most of your shows are at night, and so they're during prime time when the Cubs are playing, they pretty much, especially on the East Coast time, the game and the show start at roughly the same time often nights. Yep. And, you know, how do you stay so up on everything
1: that's happening in baseball? Well, I do have my devices backstage. And I the way that this show is structured, there's, you know, it's, I don't have long breaks backstage, but I have enough where I can at least check in and see what's going on. And sometimes I'll have the video streaming with the sound off or sometimes I'll just have the game day function on and just look at the at bats. And sometimes I'll just read the summaries, but I'll check in with the games during, during the show. Um, there, uh, I, there's the site that I go to the, the Cubs website, bleed cubby blue, which is the fan site. The, the guy who runs that, um, generally writes really, uh, concise and thoughtful pieces about the games recaps. Um, and then other pieces about the team. And, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a it's an enjoyable place to visit, um, and he has, he always has good you know choices of the photos that he runs and stuff like that. It's part of the SB Nation, um, absolutely. Uh, SB world. Nation does a fantastic job. Actually, yeah. I, I oftentimes
0: will like going and checking out whoever the Tigers are playing that night, and I'll read their yeah. game previews and I'll read their little articles there. Yeah. And and every uh, yeah, it's 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 a really wonderful kind of group of of uh, uh, I guess network of, of websites. Yeah. I don't know really what they call yeah. those. But okay. Now, and then
1: I also um I also have my fantasy team, so I you know I'm always keeping up with that to some degree. So I'll check in with the other games and just make sure my lineup is set. And I mean I have a fair number of people on the DL right now, actually. But and quick um,
0: update for any of you who care. But the $10 founding fathers, Manish Shane's inaugural fantasy baseball team, is currently entrenched in second place in his league, and and fantastic. doesn't seem to be able to make any movement. But I've been in second for about a month and a half now, right. and and yeah, it's been. An interesting
1: ride for the ten dollars. I'm in. Founding fathers. I'm in fourth, in mine. You have to be in the top seven out of fourteen to get into the playoffs. I think um, for us, they 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 pay out the first three. Marlo oh, that's yeah. legal. Right. They no, with
0: fake money with with monopoly money, monopoly money. Yeah, they yeah. pay out with pride and with with yes. yeah with love
1: and, and whatnot. Yes. But uh, <laughs> uh, um but and then there was one other thing that I wasn't thinking of that, that or that I that I thought of. A, now you just now you've distracted me. Uh, another way that I keep. Tra- I mean, I talk to you yes. honestly. That's part of it. We, sure. we and our friend Monica, who's who, who's been featured on the podcast at least yes. once, and and we've talked many times about. Um, we have a little three-person thread that we often check in with each other about what the the various goings on. Although you know, it's I've, it's been interesting because the Cubs have been so far ahead for so much of the season. I yeah. haven't wanted to have any kind of like, I've been noticing that. Feeling. I've been noticing that. I don't want to pile on about that. And I don't, you know, I've been getting her, a lot of the cards and i you know, I don't, you know, I, 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 don't, you know, I, I, I just don't want to, Get involved in any sort of like...
0: Here's a clubhouse exclusive that that Anthony doesn't know yet. I've been getting a lot of... It's been fun because we have our, yes, our our three-person text chain. But then I also get... I'm the beneficiary of the singular text chain from both Monica and Anthony independent of one another when certain things may or may not be happening with one another's teams. And so I get a little insight into, into the Cubs and Cardinals fan psyche because they are both such incredibly sweet people that they don't want to... Uh, bog down our communal text chain with any infighting or bickering and so it's yeah. it's it's very very lovely but okay so so you and i will yes i i you know has been i i've said on this podcast many times to, to, you are the baseball friend i've always wanted and so he and i definitely it, it takes a, a special type of psycho to want to text about baseball as much as you and i do but it's 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 fun it, it's it's that's that's I look forward to to our little because we, you know, he and I will as much as we argue on the air, we, we will argue off the air about certain baseball uh, intricacies and, and and whatnot, and and it's fun. The only thing that I've been really regretting this year with you being on tour, as much as I've been able to see you and coming into all the cities and 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 doing all that, is is he and I. You've been we've been to one game together this year. Yeah,
1: the 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 Detroit the opening Tigers day in in Detroit. That I've was, only been to three games myself. You it's know, an so. absolute
0: shame. It's it's really something that. Uh, Quite literally, every time I'm at a ballpark, there's there's a part of me that that misses you being, being there next to me. Seriously. I say, you know, there, there's the real genuine moment that you're going to get out of me once every decade, but yes. uh, it's...
1: Uh, <laughs> no, but the three games I've been to have been, well... Opening day, Anaheim. Opening day, opening day Anaheim, which is the Cubs, yep. Angels, and um, opening day, through, Detroit. Through, through the good graces of my brother-in-law, Hal Morris. Yes. World Series absolutely. Winner, Hal Morris. Awesome guy. <laughs> Hal Morris. Um, yeah. Thank you, Hal Morris. Again for that uh great seats yeah you know, like right behind home plate watching jake pitch a shutout victory yes you know and where the cubs like it was nine to nothing and it was just like it just felt like wow this is if that so that because that was also after all the hype pre-season yeah. to see oh, that of game course. was like really exciting absolutely um and then opening day at tiger stadium which was cold but fantastic uh and so you know such great spirit in that stadium and yeah and then uh, you know the 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 Blue Jays game uh, was a weird game because like the the White Sox wanted to win like there was a lot of off it's one of those games where yeah. things kind of like went back and forth and broke open but it was a weird game in many ways but it was also really fun because I was with the uh, cast and crew that's i ask then, who, who did
0: you who did you see that game with exactly
1: um, I, I, I saw you know with, with the there was a whole group of us from If Then who went and uh and our new friend spencer miller who we will hopefully have as a, a guest on the podcast when we can work it out, um arranged like a little bit of on field stuff before the game and so if you go to my instagram you can see some you can scroll back and see a couple like little little photos from that so that was just a cool experience to get to and i met you know met one of the broadcasters from you know from the blue jays and got to meet a, um, one of the players you know stuff like that that i sure, don't sure, sure. often get to do
0: so quick question for you. So you, so you bring all these folk, folks, 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 folks to, uh, uh, from your if then cast, because my question was going to be, is there anybody in the if then cast that is a real either baseball nut or someone that even casually likes baseball that you can kind of nerd out with, uh, when you're on tour, when I'm not around?
1: Well, I nerd out a lot with jo- Jacques jones who's he's a recent addition to our cast and he's an old friend i've, I've known since high school because we were in different high schools but we used to compete each other compete against one another in speech team oh we're gonna have him on the podcast yeah. for sure that's gonna be fun and he's from the chicagoland area he's a white Sox fan primar- primarily but he also likes the cubs as i am a Cubs fan sure. primarily who also likes the white Sox. absolutely I'm, you know i'm happy when they won the world series and stuff mm-hmm. like that so uh we but he's like he like Myself really is deep in the game, like knows a lot about the game and and has, you know, uh, more than a passing fancy about it. Jackie Burns, who plays Elizabeth, um, she really loves going to baseball games. She doesn't really follow it, but she genuinely loves going to baseball games. So she was. Really happy to be there. Well, and she's just Toronto. she is
0: one of my favorite people on the planet. Just the 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 craziness that is Jackie Burns, yep. and and you can it's never a dull time. Never. Yep. <laughs> so if if you have the opportunity out there to go to a ball game with a Jackie Burns, yes. do not turn that I mean, opportunity. She's just down. intense with every pitch, she's even though amazing. she's not even rooting for anybody,
1: <laughs> and she's intense with every pitch.
0: Wait, is that where she got her Blue Jays hat? Yeah. yeah. Okay, So, because she wears a Blue Jays hat and, now and all the she time. she was going
1: to wear, by the way, I helped her pick out the Blue Jays hat she is wearing because she was going to wear a Blue Jays hat. She picked this hat out that was the ugliest thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> I
0: like it. I like that. Yeah, the, the hat, hat she she's has now. Yeah, good. it's
1: really nice. But man, woo, that <laughs> hat she was going to wear. We we walked her away from the cliff of that one. Um, so uh, those those folks, um, you know, uh, they would be, yeah, my, like my daily my daily those and then Mark De La Cruz who plays David in the show absolutely he's not a baseball fan he is the sweetest man ever because I can turn to him and he's just he just cares about me and he's supportive and he's not it's not like lip service yeah he's like I can turn to him and say oh man, the Cubs are losing today. And he's like, oh, I'm really sorry. And he really, he, he I, means it. Uh, he cares about you so much that he cares about me. Like, it's incredible
0: yeah. how, how if I see him, he'll give me a big embrace as if we've been friends for 50 years. Yeah. And he's just one, of, yeah, he's, he's one of the sweetest men alive. He's, so he's, it's, I'm very happy that your surrogate family is able to take care of your baseball needs while I'm not around. I,
1: yes, I am too. <laughs> I
0: agree, yeah, so... All right, so now we're going to get to the main event of, of, of the, the meat of this podcast, of the reason why I at least am in Boston. You were going to be in Boston anyways, but I took the red eye from Los Angeles just because I needed to be here for this historic moment. We're just going to take a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. You can follow us on Twitter at Pod. Visit our website, clubhousepodcast.com, for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discussed on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion, so please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special, or honestly, just if you want to say Hello. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, take a look at our archives, like our chat with film and television actor Joey Slotnick. In this episode, Joey relives the memory of being in attendance for the infamous Steve Bartman game at Wrigley Field. So incredibly
1: exciting. And I remember people around me You know, when it got to it, it was like five more outs. I I heard five more outs, five more outs. And they were saying it out loud and I thought to myself I thought to myself, what do you what do you please please be quiet, don't say anything. And then and then this thing happened. And of course there were there's no replay. Uh Uh-huh. You don't see a replay, but there was this you know, off to like, in front of me and just to so the you left. you could see it. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah.
0: And, and you just kind of didn't know.
1: You know, I mean, like everyone stood up when because when, you thought Moises was going to catch it. And then, and then he, you know, of course, a little up, upset by it and kind of running oh. around. And then, but you didn't know. And so people, of course, around you had headphones on. And you kind of looked here. But it was, everyone was standing up and there was a buzz and you weren't quite sure what was going on.
0: And now, back to our discussion of Anthony's experience singing the National Anthem at Fenway Park. What
1: happened yesterday, Mr. Rapp? Well, I got to sing the national anthem at Fenway Park before the Red Sox game, the Red Sox-Rays game. I... Um, Ugh. And so, it's actually the fourth time I've sung the national anthem at a ballpark. The second time I've sung it at Fenway. But when it first time I sang it at Fenway before in 2002, they had a different system, a different way of doing it then, so I had to pre-record it and lip-sync on the field. Okay. Because they had... I guess they'd had issues with people screwing it up, partly because their old system was way, When was the very, Roseanne very gimmick? When, when did the Roseanne thing happen? I don't know. You don't know. think that had anything to do I, with I don't it? know. I don't know, honestly. It was the only, you know, it was the only time I'd done that. The other places where I've sung the National Anthem didn't have to pre-record. Right. So, um, when I joined the tour, I talked to our press agent and saying, this is something that I would love to do. I've done it. I did it in uh, Tampa Bay when we were on tour with Rent in '09, and I did it in, uh at Dodger Stadium in 04 when I was touring with Little Shop of Horrors um, and then Fenway Park when I was doing a play here in 2002 so it's something that I've done over the years but sure but usually what happens as it happened this year is so many of the cities where we were on tour there were no ball games yes <laughs> that was, I remember you and I sitting on your couch in your apartment when
0: you when your schedule first came on we we're like all right let's do this let's look at your schedule this is gonna be super fun you're going through a summer it was like all right I'm in this town. Oh, they're on a road trip. Oh, yep. I'm in this town. Oh, they're leaving just when you guys get there. Oh, I'm this. T- you had the worst luck. Yes. With- I mean, it's not even like they were in town and they just happen to have all night games. That'd be one thing.
1: They just weren't here. Yep, yep. <laughs> but in this case, it was, a you know, kind of a crazy situation where I the the game started at like 7.05. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to get to that. We're going to oh, get to that. We want to tell a story. Okay. We're going to get there. that. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah even though this was a night game though is what my point is that I right. could still sing the national anthem absolutely you know, yeah because it's before a show or it's enough time before the show so um, I was very happy when Philip our press agent l- let me know that they were able to schedule something for Fenway Park I mean it's also one of my favorite ballparks I mean, of course I
0: mean it's, it's, the it's the oldest place incredible. it's you're gonna be standing on the same place that Williams and Ruth and, and all these just greats stood on that field I mean yeah. you know, it's 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 not just the footprint, you know? It's not just, oh, this is kind of the the area
1: in which... No, that is quite it's, literally where they stood. Yes, And it's, you know, where I sang it from... I guess it's always this way, but I just don't always remember the details in quite the same way. But I was like... I was standing behind home plate, looking, you know, into the stands, and the way Fenway Park is situated it's i don't know how many tiers it is exactly it just it's sort of like rises rises up above me as i'm looking out and then on the top of the where the, the press i guess box. the press box is, is that's where they have all their pennants all yeah. their flags of all the years that, where they won the pennant in the world series yeah so that's totally very backloaded that one very yeah. very recently yes. <laughs> they've added a couple yes and then above that is the huge American flag.
0: Yeah, we're gonna to get to that in a, in a moment, but I want to I want to take one more step back and and so let's let's uh, set the scene here. So on uh, uh f- so the game was on a Friday, okay. So so Thursday night, as, as once again loyal listeners may know, uh there there is a, a regular poker game that is played uh, that Anthony is, is is a part of, and that always makes him stay up very 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 late. How late were you up this night, Mr. Rapp?
1: After three o'clock. After morning. three
0: o'clock. And I will say, since you know, I, I don't want to have him have to say it, but he did win the tournament this this sure this did. this week. So he had a little bit of luck on his side. But so you're up till four a.m., five a.m. with after the cleanup clean and up, with all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And so it's it's a late night after doing a show. You know, you mm-hmm. did a show Thursday, then you stay up all night having a great time with your buddies playing poker, taking all their money, and then uh, you wake up on Friday yeah. and, you, and you have a sound check. Yeah, I had to, to go to sound check. Yeah. So so. Uh, You, myself, uh, Jackie, and Ken went to Fenway Park. Yes. Walk us through that experience. Jackie and I were discussing on the car ride over how you are essentially a robot, how how you can, no matter what, at any point in any day, any time, you can task Mr. Anthony Rapp to sing something, and he will hit every single note exactly the way it's supposed to be sung. But... In the midst of this this several-month-long journey where it's going to get a little bit tiring to always be moving and always be on the road and never have the same bed to sleep in, after a show, after a late night, now you wake up in the middle of the afternoon and you have to stand in front of a giant stadium, a stadium that you've watched on television many, many times. You're not pre-recording it this time. It is going to be just you alone with the microphone with 40,000 people screaming. or not screaming, but being quiet, about to start screaming. For, you know for our listeners who really don't have any context of what that's like at first when you're sitting in, in the empty stadium what is that feeling like so you're you're kind of looking around you're kind of soaking it all in but but what exactly is that feeling like are you are you worried about acoustics are you worried about fans are you worried about the players are you worried about yourself i mean what what's going through your mind the first
1: i mean truly the the thing going through my mind in the sound check is I just wanted to get an experience of what it was going to be sound like i mean that might sound obvious but you know the the acoustic experience of what what i'm hearing back to myself as i'm singing is sort of part of the deal with singing sure so the thing was how what i learned was that there was a delay and it was about a second delay which is a fairly long amount of time absolutely and i was so i was getting used to that as i was singing and it turned out i only had one pass through which they didn't tell me. That was pretty amazing. So I'm, I wound up the first pass through. I was just sort of getting used to it. And I was kind of slowing down because I was getting just trying to get used to the experience. And I wasn't thinking of the tempo per se. I was just trying to hear it and feel what it was like. And so the guy who runs the thing at Fenway was like, well, we try to do it in about 90 seconds. You did about two minutes. So, okay. All right. You know, can I do it again? Nope. Figure it out later. Goodbye. Yep. So, you know, that was, it wasn't nerve wracking per se, but it's like, okay, but I by, by the end of the first of the soundtrack, I was getting used to the, so, so I felt like I did, I got a sense of like how I could keep my own tempo going. Sure. Um, but that's really all I was thinking about. That was pure, that was what I was thinking about in that moment. I mean, I was, I, I always love being on a ball in, on, a, on the field. Like yeah. it's a beautiful experience and sure. especially that park. I mean it is so iconic but, but like it's the, the uniformity of the green there's nothing like it yeah
0: anywhere of course all the way around yeah. and and what's what's unique about how boston does it is that as you had as you beautifully painted the picture about how what your vantage point of it was most ballparks have the the singers singer or singers facing Towards the outfield because most of the uh, the flags are in the uh, 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 yes. outfield. Yes. And so you, because it kind of caught me. I, I was a little bit jarring when, when they set up the mic. I was like, wait, why is he looking at us? This is this is super strange. Like this feels super awkward. Like yeah,
1: sometimes they're like down by the dugouts too, or uh-huh. by the first baseline. Exactly. Yeah. Like they or they. they or, there's
0: yeah. many different places, yeah. but you were right behind home plate on the grass, which I've been told, and I've always respected this, that only big leaguers on the grass. But Mr. Rapp got to stand on the grass and and uh, with it with a microphone stand, which that was, that was interesting. They, they did clear it with you. They asked you on the car ride over, You know, would you like uh, a microphone in your hand or on a stand?
1: Where- yeah, I feel like holding it, it makes me feel like a certain 80s kind of pop star thing. <laughs> like, it's not... If, when I'm, you're when you're I'm not going to mic the, drop it? You're not going to... Yeah, when I'm given the break. chance, oh. I, I would ra- always rather have a stand. Yeah, unless I agree was, with that. Unless I was staged in a way that I had to move around with a mic and mic. Right,
0: because there's no other reason to just hold it. It's yeah. What are you doing? This is just awkward. I'm yeah. just standing here. Why Although some people it? like
1: to do the thing where they pull it back. You know, because like the Whitney thing where she would pull it when she'd sing yeah. a big high note, she'd pull it back. You know.
0: <laughs> but then you just hold on to the mic like, you know, exactly. like passionately and, yeah, and then and you, yeah, throw, yeah, you push yeah, it back. Yeah. yeah, no, there's but so but I, I did find that interesting that, that those were the questions that they were asking, you know, and and yet they only let you do it. The once, once yeah, uh, I mean I'll, that's fine, you know. It's... Although I will say that that uh, I did notice a couple of the Rays uh, ball players. It was very, very cute because they
1: were just setting up for batting. Players, yeah, they
0: right? were doing BP basically at that, or just setting up for BP. And so some of the Rays were out there stretching, and cause this is about one thirty p.m. And uh, after, as soon as you hit on the home of the Brave, uh, several of them gave you a nice little polite, little polite, little a round of applause and whatnot. So cool. I thought that was pretty cool because yeah. you'd imagine these guys, you know, I mean they hear this literally every yeah, day of their lives yeah, sure, yeah. So and i'm sure
1: they've heard some doozies you know? oh yes i mean yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Some doozies
0: i've heard a couple doozies this year where, where ooh you meant well <laughs> you yeah. try really hard yeah. uh but okay so we we uh go through the sound check and and you know all told we were maybe on the field for only about 15 minutes you know it was, it was pretty short actually i, yeah. I was pretty uh that was, that was interesting so we 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 both we all head back to our respective uh uh, hotel rooms and whatnot and then the rest of the afternoon kind of hung out and i took a nap
1: i took a profound nap because <laughs> i needed to because i had that aforementioned poker night
0: that's why i bring it up because you know it is it is very very interesting to see how how the life of, of a traveling uh entertainer where where their their sleep schedule is very much different than the rest of us normies like it is you sleep when you can because it's it's uh, well, I mean, I didn't have to have the poker night, but except I did because no, it's a you, you know, Yeah, I mean, no, you like, did. I mean, at this point, th- th- that's just built into into, yeah. it's kind of the only, what I like about it, aside from it just being a fun night, it's kind of your only sense of normalcy yes, yeah. in nine months where yeah. it's like, this is at least, I know I don't have this restaurant that I like to go to or this bed that I like to go to. So I was talking to uh, Alicia uh, last night, one of the wonderful members of, of if then, and uh, I was telling her about my, we were kind of commiserating over, over traveling around the country. Cause I've done a little bit of it uh, with my baseball stuff. And I told her that when I did my 30 stadium tour, I I had uh, gotten rid of my apartment and, and, and sold all my furniture and everything I owned in the backseat of my car and the one thing that I wanted to make sure that I brought with me from home was my pillow because I knew that, you know, I'm not going to be sleeping in my bed for the next three months, you know, and be in the car and, and in friends' couches and hotel rooms. But I want that one pillow that's always going to remind, you know, always, that's that's my home base. It's my traveling home base. And so I think that for you, that poker felt, that poker it's felt part of it. Absolutely. is absolutely your home base. Most definitely, yes. Um, all right. So now. We're going to move on towards the evening. Uh, so it's about uh, 5.30, and it's a 7 o'clock start. I was actually very surprised at how late the pickup time was. 5.30, I actually thought, was later than, than I thought it was going to be. I, I assumed that, that especially for, for the National Anthem performer, they would want to really get them there as early as possible to prevent any type of, of mishap or, or anything like that. Which, you know, I was going to ask you this. Uh, what would have happened with the rain delay?
1: I guess I wouldn't have been able to do it. You wouldn't
0: be able to do it. And, and I wonder, I don't know if they, if they ever cleared that with you or if they ever talked to you about that saying, Hey, if there's a rain delay, yeah, that's a like, good question. Do you want to wow. record it first or, or, no, or it never came up? Yeah. That's, that's, that's funny. Cause it was a very chilly, very cloudy night. And, and there was a part of me that was looking up going, Oh God, please, please, please stay dry. Mm. Cause this yeah. could be a disaster. Um, I mean, I'm sure maybe they have like a recording on file where it's like, all right, well he couldn't do it. so button," but. I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious. Yeah. Um, so all right. So 5:30, they pick us up, and at this point, it's just me, you, and Ken. Yep. Uh, Jackie, unfortunately, had you know to get ready uh, ready for a show. And I, I'll tell you, I got half your cast. You know, asking me to make sure that I videotaped it. That the support that this this man has from from his cast is pretty pretty cool and pretty inspiring. They all love and adore him, and we're all incredibly upset that they weren't able to be in that ballpark supporting him. Um, I was inundated with text as soon as it was over. How was he? How was he? How was he? <laughs> um, and I tell him, you know, a eh, bit pitchy, yeah. but, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, right, we get to the ballpark at about six, six fifteen ish. Uh, what happens? Te- walk us through what happens.
1: Uh, I mean, it's nothing glamorous about it at all. We we okay. were met by you know a sort of staff member coordinator person who escorted us. Um, also with the, we are also with the, uh, one of the press reps of, of Broadway in Boston, which is the local presenting organization that's, you know, doing the tour here. And they were the ones, they were like our liaison, their, their press office worked with the Boston Red Sox office to, and to coordinate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was all of us. And, uh, I also had to just make sure, I mean, this is a logistical thing. I had to make sure I got some food in me because this was like my dinner time also before doing the show. So we just had to figure out. Luckily, Fenway has a really good little vegetarian veggie dog and veggie veggie burger place. And that happened to be right near the green room where we were taken. Because so yeah, keep in mind, folks, because
0: because what was going to happen is, you know, he was going to go sing the national anthem, immediately jump in a car and drive to the Boston Opera House and put on a a a, perf- a live performance of, of If Then for, for the uh wonderful crowd that night so it was it was we were very tight for time at this yeah. point because if he doesn't eat then it's going to be another I three and a half eat. hours yeah. Yeah. and and yeah. that's that's i love anthony Rapp, but being around him when he hasn't had some food in him yeah, is fine, is yeah. a interesting interesting experience uh
1: so continue and then we were in this room with all the other various uh pre-game ceremony people and there were a lot of people there were that a night. lot and of they people don't in that room. exactly what they're going to be doing but they <laughs> do a little roll call we line up very nice guy. Coordinating I think Dan all that. maybe his name was Just whatever so, his name was. So friendly, very yeah.
0: charming, very funny. You know, making jokes with all the kids and yeah. and, and I think uh, one of the young ladies had been in the in the dugout earlier. And I say young lady, she was like ten. Yeah. Uh, and and I guess uh, his line. Uh, he asked her if she met Jackie Bradley Jr. And she said yes. And I think he said, uh, she said, he told me I had very nice eyes or some such nonsense. And the guy starts saying, oh, he's hitting on all the ladies. And it was just, it was very, very yeah. charming and cute to yeah. see uh, uh, him have fun with, with everybody. And there were, I mean, I'd say there would be 30 people in yeah. that room. All told, maybe yeah. even a little bit more of special, quote unquote, special guests to be announced on the field for, for whatever
1: reason. Yeah. And then we lined up and we went out to the field and we were out there for a while before the game, which is always, again, it's always a pleasure just to be out there. And then I started, you know, I was like looking around a lot and trying to take in how many people, you know, there's the, the, the stadium is almost never full when the game begins.
0: Yeah. But Boston, I I, I was looking for that too. And, and so, as I mentioned, I just spent three weeks in in LA going to, to several games in Anaheim and in uh, Dodger stadium. And I know it's LA and everybody trashes LA for that, but, but, uh, How packed Fenway was for the national anthem compared to those two stadiums and many other stadiums I've been to, you know, look, I have to, as a, as a, as a Tigers fan, I have to hate them for 2013, obviously. But, but when I put my journalist hat on, I am endlessly impressed with the Red Sox. I'm not going to say nation, the Red Sox fans. Just the, the city of Boston for the support that they give yep. this ball club, yep. and how it—that stadium is packed every night. Yep. I, it's packed every night, and I love that about this town and about this team.
1: Um, and then there were like a million pregame things, like you, there was, <laughs> know. you know. And one, this one, you know, really cool thing that I remember: uh, there was like there were three people representing a literary, literacy organization yep. that was being recognized. Tim Wakefield. All Tim of a Wakefield sudden, is was on, the on the field. He's part of the Red Sox Foundation with yeah. this whole big array of people. But part of it, I started to like also just continue to warm up and make sure that you know my my voice was staying warm as I was like standing around in the chilly air. You know, right? Because I mean, for those of you who who maybe not may may
0: not be performers, you know, you know he. He wakes up from a nap. That's never a good time to start singing. Your throat is never going to be at peak optimal. You know, uh, uh, whatever the word is going to be there, just to 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 sing beautifully. And then, yeah, you're rushed to a ballpark and you are immediately put in the in the kind of chilly air. And and you know, you were doing you were doing some vocal exercises as we were in kind of the bowels of the stadium there. But you just you never know how your voice is going to respond once you're out there. And no matter you've been doing this for a million years, but still, it's it's this is a unique experience like this is not you're not used to st- you know standing up there and um, on your own acapella belting out what is and i have sung that song before a difficult song to sing sure
1: and it's uh, also vocally, i'm with- mindful of the fact that i have to do it faster and you know <laughs> yes. i'm like what's the del- and the delay is going to probably be feel a little different with so many bodies and they're soaking up some of the yeah. sound too so oh, wow i didn't so, even know, think about that so it's just it's going to be what it's going to be and I'm, re- I'm ready for that. Like, I'm not like freaking out about it, but I'm like, I'm aware that's, but I'm just going to go up and do my thing. So I'm getting ready to do that. And there was like a million, million, million pregame things. And then finally, mm-hmm. uh, they the, it was, it's comes time to the anthem, but um, this was on the Friday, July 8th. And on Thursday, in the wee hours of Thursday, July 7th, into the wee hours of Friday, July 8th, is the night that the police officers were killed in Dallas so and this is in the wake of the other events that had happened it's, know, just, it's just it's been a week. bad week yeah so we were also informed that there was going to be a moment of silence announcement before the anthem began which you know i was uh i mean i i think that's always important to you know especially in there's this public gathering and this stuff is going on and that well, and, and, and one and in a
0: place like boston where to this day everywhere you go all you see is Boston strong uh, uh, T-shirts and flags. And I mean, this city knows tragedy. This city knows communities getting together and this city knows, you know, that very well.
1: And then, you know, I'm just hope uh, I was hoping that it was going to be a good statement or, you know, a well, a well considered statement, a, a meaningful statement. And then it was, you know, I don't have a transcript of it. It was, it sounded to me like exactly what should be said, just acknowledging what had happened and, and, Giving our hopes that we could weather this storm together, and it was absolutely you know, beautiful. It was but I'm gonna, perfectly I, stated.
0: I'm going to tell you this though, and and this is the absolute truth. After when we were walking, and we're going to get back to the this in, in a moment. But after we were walking out of the stadium, uh, or I was walking you to the to the exit of the stadium, uh, you brought that up. You brought up the the statement and how beautiful and moving and touching it was. And I'll be honest with you, uh, during the statement, like I thought it was absolutely moving and touching as well. But during the actual statement. I was so anxious uh, uh, for you and sitting there like, all right, it's going to come. He's about to sing the national anthem where I was actually even more impressed that once again, even though you've done this a million times and you're a professional, the the nerves of steel on on, on robot rap of being able to, he's about to open his mouth in front of a potentially raucous Boston crowd. I mean, we, we uh, that's the one thing we forgot to mention. When we were trying to park. We had a just wonderfully uh, uh, stereotypical interaction with a local Boston PD yeah. who very aggressively yeah. yelled at us to go over there and just get out of the car uh, to walk in. Like It was quintessentially Boston. I loved it. Yeah, he, yeah. With the accent and everything, he yeah. screamed at our poor driver. Um, but so in the midst of all this, that you were able to have the wherewithal to not only hear the the the, the if I were you if I was standing up there about to sing my brain would be so many different places I wouldn't be having a moment of silence I'd be having a moment of panic or a moment of focus 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 so once again that just speaks to the professional God I'm saying way too many nice
1: things no, thanks, about you but, on this thing but honestly th- I didn't think of it as a professional thing I thought of it as I, I wanted it was a part of the occasion well of so course I, I, of I, course
0: I, that but the fact that you're allowed that you're able to do that while you're standing by your because at that point you are already behind the microphone. Mm-hmm. A man alone, uh, no one else is around you. Where, where everybody's eyes at that point are on you already. Everybody's had they announced you? Yeah. No. Okay. No, they had they announced the, they you. They did a yeah. moment
1: of silence, and then the, we had the moment of silence. And I'm standing there, and then they announced to sing the national anthem, and they had said a couple words about who I am, and then I sang. But I absolutely was grateful for that statement and for the moment of silence. Oh no, it was beautiful. I, it was, it, and it, and you know, I think. I I'm certainly proud of the ideals of our country. And as we all know, so many times the ideals aren't being fully realized with, with these moments that are happening right now. I mean, that's not certainly the ideals of which our country was founded. One of the reasons I love Hamilton so much is it talks about the complexity of the ideals and where we meet them and where we don't. So I think that the, the anthem speaks to the ideals. Absolutely. And, the ideals of of coming through you know it's a song about in the middle of a a battle in the middle of tragedy in the middle of war seeing something that's a beacon that holds some a symbol of what the ideals of our country are I i mean what and so i guess i just felt like that was the perfect launching place to sing this Lovely song. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, from which to sing this lovely song. And so then I, so yeah, I, and then I just was committed to singing it the best I could and to, you know, and, and I, and being, being in that place looking up and seeing, I mean, it was a really big flag. It's usually a pretty big bag, but it looked really giant. Yeah. So like all of it just was like, just sent me. And then, you know, I was honestly also thinking of my, Wonderfully, incredibly talented friend of Menzel, who very publicly sang the national anthem a couple of times in the last couple of years <laughs> yeah. and did it incredibly well. Her Super and, Bowl one. Yeah, it was, was fantastic. Ridiculous. I actually rewound that. I never do yeah. that, but I actually rewound yeah. it and listened to it again. So, I mean, that's the spirit. The, like, I was sort of standing on her shoulders. I mean, all of that was with me in, in that moment. And then, so I just did my best and it felt really, it just felt really right. And I was so, really
0: I'm going to try, uh, try right here. Uh, uh, we'll see if I'm, if I'm talented enough to do this or more likely if our super producer, Zach McNeese can help me do this. Uh, I, I took a couple of videos of, of, uh, Mr. Rap, and, uh, I'm going to try and insert. So right now, hopefully if I've done this correctly, you will be listening to Mr. Rap right before he's about to step up there I just shoved my camera in his face and, and asked him uh, a question about how he was feeling and whatnot and so we'll play that and then uh, after that we will we'll try and actually insert his wonderful rendition and you can hear for yourself the the delay that that uh, mr Rapp was having to deal with and and how admirably and, and, and wonderfully he overcame that and and I will say like I said it, it's this is just I guess the episode where where I do nothing but say nice things about you that that i was incredibly moved like it was i an an actual literal chill went down my spine like it was i yeah you are a robot i've seen you perform live entirely too many times and you always do a fantastic job on stage but it's like yeah but he's rehearsed that a million times he's done it a million times and that's that's his thing like i said i have sung this song before uh and it's it's not an easy song i mean it's not like impossible, but it's not an easy song. The, the vocal range that one must have for the song is very, very. uh Which you know, how did you just as a a, a nerd question? How did you choose what key to start in? Because I
1: figured out what the high note would be. <laughs> <'Cause it's> all, <laughs> so you it's work all backwards. So it's you basically the octaves of where you start is the octaves of where you end. So yeah, just work backwards.
0: Interesting. Okay, so you start. I had a,
1: sen- I had a sense of which key would be good, and and at first, uh, first I picked a key that was. Lower and fine, but then sure. I I I said well maybe I can go a little higher and then just figure it out. Okay, that's all. I don't
0: yeah. know. It's always that's like I said, stuff like that is always interesting, interesting to me. But uh, yeah, and I
1: stayed in key.
0: Oh, of course, yeah, <laughs> stayed in key, <laughs> stayed in time, stayed, stayed. I mean, and and everything, <laughs> and and you could see, you know, as Anthony said, and and uh, you know, I know a lot of people. I I've spoken with a lot of people who feel conflicted about the amount of americanness that is tied into our our, our sports culture you know when it, whether it's the, the the military uh uh acknowledgments or whether it's the singing the national uh, the, the anthem before the game but I, i'll tell you this as as anthony so beautifully and poetically put it about just kind of for at least that moment being in a community especially in the day that we were there yeah. when you know, and recently there there was the just abhorrently evil uh, stuff that happened in Orlando, where uh, I was at. I believe it was a Yankee game the day after that <laughs> happened. I mean, it's 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 ludicrous that it's happening so often that we seem to be at ball games and there's just tragedies happening. Um, but they similarly, uh, they actually brought a rainbow flag out and yeah. and laid it uh, over. Uh, home plate and an for a moment of silence instead of beautiful, uh, we're all in this together type yeah. of, of statement. And yeah. I believe the Rays changed their, their, their colors to, to, and their team name to the Orlando Rays for that one game and, and donated all their, their proceeds to charity. So, I mean, it's, it's, so when it comes to the anthem, when it comes to these kind of people like to say patriotic, but I think it's, and you can use that word, but I, it's just, it's the reminder of the community that we live in on a, on a macro scale, yeah. you know, baseball is so a, it's, it's, we all wear our colors every day, you know, our our Red Sox or Cubs or Tigers or Yankees or Phillies or whatever. Like we are, we wear our, our micro colors every day. So for a moment to put the macro color on and say, look, the thing that's bringing us all together is that flag. And is this country and, and that Anthem. I mean, Eddie Izzard does a great, uh, up bit about it where, where that Anthem is sometimes the words don't even matter. It's
1: the, 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 Power of that yeah. song yeah. is so it just gets you hyped because like, a lot of other anthems are you know not that no. they're not that exciting. No it's musically it's got a it's got a. Real, Once again, yes, not nothing know, against other. It's yeah, it's, it's just specifically musically specifically talking yeah. about musically. Yeah, yeah, musically they don't they just sort of you know are pleasant or nice. Yeah, you know, and sort of there's a little bit of a kind of uh, sometimes a kind of almost like a dourness to something. Yeah, you know. Well,
0: God and, say the Queen! I always yeah. love just like I can't get
1: amped yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. so. <laughs> That this that yeah, that the, the American, you know, national anthem, Star Spangled Banner actually kind of really goes somewhere musically and has a it lifts and it it's it's very American in that sense. And- it sort of goes, you know, Here we are, <laughs> folks, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah it's 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 a it's very gratifying to get the chance to do that and I'm and I, I don't know you know again I don't know when this will be exactly published this particular podcast, but I'm gonna be singing the anthem at Wrigley in August and that's the biggest like that's it even more that's we will, more we'll we'll get to that thrill, we'll get to know? that one later we'll
0: we'll definitely be doing an episode of that uh later but uh we're gonna have to wrap it up uh, pretty quickly here and so I just want to kind of get your. Oh, and then after the game, unfortunately, because Mr. Rap had to scurry off, and, and 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 the anthem, you mean after saying the anthem? Yes, after the anthem, he yes, had, to, run, anthem, he had to immediately. I mean, it was we were ushered off the field, and immediately he was put in a car, and and I stood there waving because he stayed for the game. Because right. I stayed for the game, I've seen If then a couple times. Yes, yes, yeah. I, I don't need to see it again. Uh, but it was a a a phenomenal, wonderful, amazingly cool experience for me. To be able to be a part of that. Well, thank you. Uh, so I can't even imagine. Like I said, it's it's. I, yeah, I'm, and I'm I proud. Sent, like the
1: feedback has been really nice. Which well, I think this. Is
0: I sent a text to my mom of uh, a video of you doing the sound check, and while they were my my family was all, oh, he's lovely and blah blah blah, and they were all very excited. My mom today was like. I was kind of hoping that after he was done, you would be able to go up there and, and grab the mic. And uh, would they let you do that next time? I was like, Ma, that's not really the way this works. I'm pretty sure I would have been tased if I tried to go behind that microphone, but uh, and I'm not gonna follow the great Anthony Rapp singing the national anthem. No. Uh, so, mom. um, yeah, you did a fantastic job, Thanks. and I'm going to try, and once again, if myself or super producer Zach McNeese is able to do it, I will include the entire, I have the entire thing on video, and we'll have the entire thing uploaded. It's either going to be an audio form on here, or if not, I will figure out a way to upload it to clubhousepodcast.com, so you can see a video version of uh, Mr. Rap singing the National Anthem at Fenway Park. Yeah. Thank but, you. Yeah, but with that, unfortunately, uh I... I miss this i I, I, uh, I know it's been fun for you doing a little if then show, but let's 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 wrap that up pretty soon so we can go yeah, back to doing this uh, on, on a more regular basis because <laughs> i I miss this. so uh, we've got a couple more weeks of the stadium series. I mean, that's gonna be wrapping up pretty soon here. Uh, I think by the time you listen to this, I'm not quite sure how many more episodes that's gonna be, but then after that. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, the, the Mr. Rap and I are going to be uh, uh, hopefully getting some more wonderful guests for you to listen to. There's there's several that we have lined up that I am insanely excited to, to share with you all, but you'll just have to subscribe and find out later. So with that, I'm going to say thank you, Mr. Rapp. Thank you, Mr. Jin. And thank you all for listening. We will see you next time here in the Clubhouse. We take you now inside Fenway Park mere seconds before Anthony Rapp stood in front of a lone microphone to sing in front of a sold-out crowd at Fenway Park. Anthony, you're
1: about to sing the National Anthem. That's true. Focus. What are you feeling? I'm excited. It's a little strange here because there's a big delay, so I just hope I can stay with my no, own my old rhythms.
0: Okay. He's going to do well. Please welcome Anthony Rapp. Oh, for the clubhouse podcast is the bergino baseball clubhouse located at 67 east 11th street in new york city seriously folks this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country from the baseball inspired artwork on the walls to the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale and the amazing baseball fans that are just hanging out on the bleachers inside the store this place is the best if you can't make it into bergino's in person please visit bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, really anybody in your life, or even just yourself. If you can make it in, make sure you mention the podcast, and you'll get a free bag tag with any purchase. You can follow Anthony and I individually at rounding for me, and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.